0: can't quite remember what that uh, old slogan was. Uh, something to do with. Uh, oh, there's. Uh, only one way to skin something. What was it? Uh, no, no, I don't think it was a. No, no, it, it wasn't a squirrel. No, it was something else. It was only one way to skin. Or was it one way? I don't recall. Well, it was an old slogan, you know? You don't want to forget old slogans because if you forget old slogans, your lab will forget everything. Actually, there isn't much else, really. (laughs) Old slogans. Yeah, the old slogans are the best slogans. There's no slogan like an old slogan. Yeah, that's right. There's no slogan like an old slogan. What happened to our theme here tonight before we came out? It went out okay? It did. Yeah about time something happens around here. Of course, it's uh, Monday, and there's a lot of pushing and hollering and everything else. I have a thing here. I don't know how to quite bring this up. Will you, uh, excuse me while I warm up here. What's the matter with this thing here? It's very good. Gee, do I know some terrible lyrics to that? I'll uh, award you a brass figuigi with bronze oak leaf palm if you can sing it along with me. You're not very lyrics. <laughs> way through. Now I don't know whether or not we should mention this. I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm looking over the New York Times. It's a very funny, funny paper. And I'm I'm looking over uh, <laughs> the Times there and there's a here's a little item that it says Statue of Moses rejected at Fair. Well it Moses they were talking about. It says Statue of Moses rejected at Fair. This pavilion says that they feel that the statue that was uh, suggested that they put up has a simian appearance. So they rejected it. Well, <laughs> I don't know how, quite how to feel that one. We can get into all kinds of stuff here. Simeon. Do you know what Simeon means? Oh, you remember? No, you remember the Simeon twins? That was P.T. Barnum and all that stuff. But, uh, kind of confusing sometimes. No, it isn't actually confusing. I mean, to be honest with you, it's perfectly clear. I'd like to believe that life is confusing, but it isn't. I mean, you walk along, you scratch. It isn't as confusing. Well, it isn't confusing, actually. I think uh, it's only confusing when uh, well, maybe confusion itself is a state of mind. (laughs) Well, there is a non sequitur, if I were Hi, George Shepard came up with a Gertrude Steinism, didn't he? There, at, uh, or maybe it's a Norman Mailerism. It's pretty hard to tell. Maybe it's a Dorothy It Gets uh, difficult. It's like that lady in the old Dutch cleanser can. Do you remember the Dutch cleanser can, where the lady is uh, seen there and she's looking into the shined bottom of her frying pan, and she can see her reflection, looking at her reflection in a frying pan, and it goes odd infinitum, odd nauseum well they've done away with that you know they don't have that picture anymore on the uh old dutch cleanser or is it dutch cleanser didn't dutch cleanser have a lady with wooden shoes well what what's this business of looking was she the one that was looking in the mirror at herself or was it somebody else was it are you sure yes it was dutch cleanser it was not arm and hammer have you ever heard those arm and hammer commercials on the air Yeah, no, 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 this guy's... Yeah, I think it's something to do with teeth, but he's talking about his giant right arm. He says, you'll find my giant right arm on the arm and hammer package. And he sounds a little bit, just the slightest bit like Mr. Chucky. And a little worried me there a little bit because that isn't exactly the way I pictured the rest of the guy who went with the arm and hammer. But, of course, these things are getting more and more. Uh, for those of you who are confused, and many people are today, I notice that we, one thing, uh, one thing we've got to concede is that man, the 20th century type man, is moving forward. He's not standing still. He has cleared away the bushes, the undergrowth of uh, ignorance, right friends? And he's beginning to see the light, right? So if you would please bring me cut number one in there, that is entitled Seeing the Light Music. Please bring it on right now. Hit the button. That's it. Just sneak it in behind me, and I will wait. That's it. Bring it up all the way real loud. Very loud. Turn it up there like we're on the radio. Very good. Now looking through our vast file here to... Provide my... Don't look so worried. honey. I mean, it'll be all right. Provide my... It's okay. Everything's here. It's all here. I'm pretending. See, I'm playing. It's all part of my little theatrical act. How long? How long? There we go. Very good. That's it. Now, just just... That means take it out. 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 Very good. Yeah, out. It means all the way off. Out. Out. Out, <laughs> okay. Uh, I've, I'm I'm uh, I'm sitting here, you know, wondering uh, just just what is happening. I'm talking about on a larger scale, on a very large scale. That uh, I'm listening to the news uh, throughout the day and watching watching ads and watching various plays on on. Uh, on the Broadway boards and on television, and one thing and another, and movies and so forth. And I'm becoming more and more convinced that we're working in two different directions. Really two different directions. On the one hand, man is going, he's going absolutely insane technically, you know, just wild. Uh, we can do practically anything today. Uh, we can uh, we can go to the moon and we're on our way. We're sending up television cameras to Mars and the whole bit, you know. And on the other side, we are going exactly 180 degrees out of phase. Now, there, uh, by this I mean there is a growing, a growing uh, dark ages complex going through us. In short, I believe that the slobism, on the one hand, slobism in general is growing. It's fantastic growth. Uh, it is. It's just an incredible growth. Now, you can, you can call it almost anything you want. You can pretend it's fun. I mean, this growth of slobism. You can call it camp. You can call it almost anything else. But nevertheless, there a, is a gigantic, sudden uh, shifting in the general direction of the stuff that the slobs always dug anyway. And we're called slobs for it. You know, a guy that was hung on Batman and Superman comics a few years ago, you know, he's a plain ordinary slob. Well, today he's avant-garde, and he's right there with the <laughs> with the deep uh, secret hidden inner meanings. And on television, have you ever watched daytime television? Daytime, no, really, I mean, just watching it as, as if you were looking at something in the zoo, which in effect you are. Uh, if you've watched daytime television for any uh, period of time, you realize that Helen Trent, uh, that what used to be called really crud stuff on radio. You know, Helen Trent. They had they had all these uh, uh, the Road of Life and all these various low octane soap operas. These literally were Dostoevsky, compared to what is <laughs> what is what is really big time today. Yeah. Oh, really? It's it's a, it's a wild thing to see on both ends of the scale. Now I I'm I'm a great fan of uh, of mailing lists. I don't know how I get on all these mailing lists, but I'm on about 10 million mailing lists. I guess anybody who has any kind of a, a public name or you're in any kind of a public medium, you wind up with, with all, all sorts of people uh, putting you on various lists of one kind or another. And I, I must get, all uh, oh, probably on an average of, uh, oh, maybe on a week's average, maybe 25 to 30 pieces of truly junk mail. Now, these are not public relations bits. They're not sending uh, me a thing and saying, we are announcing the opening of our new uh, phrenology studio. Uh, they're not doing that. What they do is send me the, you know, the plain ordinary mailing list like as if, uh, uh, you know, I'm one of the people and uh, I'm about to buy. See? Well, listen to this one. You would not believe this one. I don't know wh- how many people got this. But, boy, is it a fascinating thing to get in this, the middle of the 20th century, it really is an intriguing one now one of the most common mailing pieces of all today is the mailing piece that is assuring the man that he can become successful that there is a course available there is a book available where the man or the woman can become successful now the success that they talk about takes many different forms there is sexual success Oh, there are th- oh, yeah, there are thousands of books and courses available for this. Oh, yeah, they. I get these mailing lists constantly. Then there is the financial one. There's the one that says you can become top dog in your outfit in just seven weeks if you follow our course five minutes a day, and you begin to think right, and the next thing you know, you're sticking everybody with a knife, and you're in business, you know? Learn how to be a schlock. Really learn how to be rotten. Well, uh, this is a... <laughs> This, this is a big thing. Now, there are others that, are, that could be called general happiness success courses. Now, uh, this is the kind that people who are unhappy get all the time, or at least ostensibly, they're supposed to be unhappy. It says, have you wondered about happiness? Have you wondered how other people seem to get more out of life have you noticed that other people seem to enjoy things more? Well, for just seven minutes a day, in just two weeks, you too can get more out of life by taking this is another kind of success. Now, in general, most of these success courses, I've noticed, follow a pattern when you get them. They, they have rules, golden rules for happiness, like uh, think good or uh, stand up straight and look at the sun, that kind of stuff, rule one. When you get up in the morning, uh, then then they usually have one that says uh, you're as good as anybody else rule. So when you get up in the morning and shave, you look in the mirror and you say, I'm just as good as anybody else. In fact, I'm better than anybody else. And I'm just as tough as anybody else. And by George, Bullard ain't going to push me around today in the mailroom. And then that's supposed to work. It says, remember to do this every day before you go to work. Say this to yourself. Uh, and then, as you go, then there's all kinds of little little rules like think positively, don't allow the negative to come in. Now, one thing though, now I'm getting to a point here. You know, you you all know about these things. You get these; they're advertised in the Times, they're advertising all in the Wall Street Journal, they're advertising all the big papers about the various courses and books available. Uh, most of them are predicated on one premise, and that is that most people feel that they are really flubbing the dub most people feel they are really not making it you know that they are lousing up their life and somewhere along the line they really got bollocksed up and and uh, all the other guys are on the way you know johnny carson look where carson is for crying out loud, what's carson you know he's on the way he's making the scene big uh paul mooman look at him he's making the scene big crying out loud. Look at, look at guys like Bernard Baruch. He's on the big time. Uh, all these various guys are making the scene and everyone else has a feeling that they loused up. Now, the one thing they never mention in any of these courses, they never even presume to mention that one, one sneaky word, talent. They never bring that up. Uh, it, it's uh, just a, a lot of rules. Apparently that uh, Paul Newman learned a lot of rules. Apparently, uh, Bernard Baruch learned a lot of rules. <laughs> he learned about eight great rules, and the next thing you know, he's sitting on a park bench wearing golden shoes. Uh, <laughs> oh, sure. The, the rules to get us. Speaking of sitting on park benches and scratching, this is WORAM and FM New York. And uh, before we go any further, uh, before you louse up again this spring and buy another hunk of junk, we would like to suggest that you find out about one of the seven finest automobiles in the world, according to Road and Track, which is a very authoritative magazine. Peugeot, uh, an excellent car. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Uh, There's 18 different ways that Frenchmen pronounce it. Suffice it to say, you'll get by if you just go in and holler, Peugeot. And if you're going to the automobile show this week, make it a point to go over to the Peugeot exhibit. Uh, You'll find that this is a big automobile, an excellent car, and is extremely economical. And is one of the seven finest made cars in the world. It's the French Peugeot. And by the way, in case you're interested in how they stand up, the oldest running automobile in the United States today is a Peugeot, an 1891 Peugeot. It's a rugged, beautiful car that has a lot of accessories and is truly worth investigating. It's Peugeot, and if you want to get pictures and details on that on it without any problem, just send your name and address to Peugeot. On a postcard, in care of me, Friendly Fred, Peugeot, W O R, New York, New York. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, their dealer here in town is at Two East Forty Sixth Street, right off Fifth Avenue. It's Peugeot. Yeah. You know, uh, now, now I've got I've got a mailing piece. Now I'm, I'm fascinated by this thing. Now I, I, I suspect that years ago, you see, uh, um, years ago, I, I presume that back around the turn of the century and before. Most people got their answers to these sneaky things through religion. In other words, uh, if a guy was not making it, he felt that he was a sinner. Uh, he felt that somewhere along the line he was unworthy. Uh, and if he, if he, if he really had troubles in, in really in a, in a cosmic way, he said to himself, well, God has willed it this way. God has seen me as a rotten sinner and he's laying it on me. And, oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and, and when, when the man would go to see, uh, the minister in the years 1832, and he would say, I am unhappy, I am unhappy, uh, sire, uh, the minister would say, always, almost invariably, ah, God has seen fit in his wisdom to punish thee, for thou art indeed a sinner. Now maybe, perhaps, thou dost not know where thy sins, but thou art a sinner. Well, now that provided an answer. And so the guy went home, and he proceeded to try to, to make good. Now, he, he did it even in those days through a book. He would usually get out his Bible and, and go back over the rules and try to figure out where, he was, where, where he's been sinning, you know, and he'd beat his breast. Well, now, now in this day and age, this is, the, this is another time, uh, you, you, find, you find that people, by and large, there are large numbers of people, even though they will not concede it, do not accept religion, certainly in the same way that they did a hundred years ago. Uh, and now, now they've got problems, but they're still bugged by the fact that they're not making, or they're unhappy, or any one of a thousand things. And so, so what, what does he do? Where, where does he get the answers? Well, uh, books. They're buying books by the millions. In fact, you can buy LP records now, even in stereo. Uh, various guys are turning these things out and they're giving you pep talks. And every morning you can put this guy, how do you know that there's one to be played every morning? Have you seen that one? I ought to bring him in some night and play him for you. Oh, yeah, there's a guy that comes on. They've got this beautiful, resonant, uh, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale voice. And he comes on and he has a tremendous sound of f- horns and fanfare blowing. Blah, 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 blah. Ah, good morning, good morning, good morning. I want you today, this morning, this very morning, in fact, this very minute, I want you to walk out of this house a taller man. Yes, try a few little simple things. This morning when you're sitting down to eat your breakfast cereal, try pulling your stomach muscles in. Try that. Try looking out of the window with a level, cool gaze. Look up at the sun and say, I am on my way. Try that this morning. And then when you tie your shoelaces, when you put on your hat, put that hat on square on your head and say, I am going out today. I am going out today and do it. All right, now, uh, before we go into the next cut, uh, the next cut will be... (laughs) Now, there is a record that says exactly that in the guy. Now, one thing that they, have not, that they have not gone into, and here we are, we're in 1965. Now, I've been getting these mailing pieces for, oh, boy, I mean, maybe five or eight or nine years now. Oh, steadily here at WOR. I have just received the most fascinating one of them all, and it is truly a, a, a going back into the genuine dark ages. It is truly going back before the days of religion. You see, if if, if you were to send the guy a mailing list, <laughs> if you were to send the guy a mailing piece that says, fella, the reason you're not making is you're a sinner. If you're a sinner. Have you thought of going down and talking to this, talking to this uh, fine minister that's down at your church? Have you thought, well, oh, he'd say, come on, what are you talking about? And he wouldn't buy that today, but what if you went before religion? What if you suggested something to him that was very popular, say, 7,000 years ago? He might be inclined to buy it, you see. Because we've already discounted religion, many guys have, and many guys have already discounted the the Norman Vincent Peels of the world, they've tried it, you know. They all went out and bought how to succeed, or they went out and they bought something called uh, the power of positive thinking, or the power of negative thinking, or negative thinking made to work for you and one thing or another, and there's still flubbing around, you know, and got a bad ankle and nothing's happening and the phone doesn't ring and when it does ring it's just Bullard on there giving them the business and yelling and yapping around down there near their hindquarters, you know. And so, so what, what does he do? All right, if you got my scary music I'm going to read this one to you exactly. Hold it there and bring it on big. I will read to you from this mailing piece as I received it here at WOR through the U.S. mails. Now, call upon these mighty beings from the invisible world around you and instantly begin a wonderful new life of wealth, love, and happiness. Here is positive proof You possess amazing psychic powers that will bring you anything your heart desires, and here is the secret of releasing and harnessing them. Dear friend, all around you at this very instant is a vast, invisible world pulsing with power. You cannot see, hear, feel, taste, or smell this world, but if you could tap its power right now all of your dreams would come true all of your problems would melt away all of your desires would be instantly fulfilled for the inhabitants of this invisible world are real and they will bring you anything you want out of life if only you ask them for it in the right way. Yes, whether you want large sums of money, glowing good health, dozens of devoted friends and admirers, a more satisfying love life, or anything else, the dwellers in the unseen world will help you get them instantly. You need only whisper your wishes to your servants in the invisible world, and they will come true. With their help, you will live a life piled high with the golden riches, the luxurious possessions, the personal honors, and all else that you have longed for these many years. impossible perhaps but in the startling pages of this new book you will meet these sh- shadowy inhabitants of the other world and find out how to contact them you'll discover for example a mysterious species of invisible animals that talk with human intelligence and they'd be glad to talk to you yes this book takes you on an amazing journey to the Isle of Man to track down one of these beings and gives full details of many conversations. A whole new universe will open up before you as if you had been taken off a blindfold and you will understand many mysteries that have puzzled you for years. And these creatures can be put to many uses, they can guard your home, protect your family, carry messages for you and let you know what others say about you behind your back. And they can even make you rich. You'll find full details on pages 155 to 170. Yes, friends, these invisible creatures are but one of the many species that live unseen all around you some of the others are good others unfortunately are evil they have been affecting your life from days before you were born whether you wanted them to or not when you contact these beings and control them you enjoy a tremendous success when you ignore them you pay the price in misery and failure It's as simple as that. Yes, friends, these tiny beings have been called by many names over the centuries. Elves, gnomes, fairies, leprechauns. But now you can contact them and they will make you rich. satisfaction guaranteed or your money returned <laughs> can you imagine now you see what i mean by going back before religion in other words this is truly the dark ages oh this is before the dark ages uh, uh, historically this is back to the days of the of the men who began to creep out of the ancient caves and felt that there were spirits all around them evil spirits and good spirits and man could contact them, and all men were controlled by these evil little sprites now now the the only point that i am uh, listen to this now oh can I have a little more of that just bring it up just to so make you don't have to queue it up do you want to know one of the things that they what they can bring you now you see the obvious implication by reading this is that other people are are in touch with them I mean the guys that make it. Leader here is not telling me who he gets on the phone at three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh yes, mister Leader does not inform us at the sales meeting what he does behind those closed doors at four forty five before he emerges ten feet tall. Oh, we're out of you now, Bob. <laughs> yes, indeed. These invisible beings can give you endless streams of money, gold, silver, and jewels. Radiant, glowing health, boundless strength and energy. The irresistible sex appeal of a top movie star. They enable you to enjoy the powers of telepathy and levitation. You've always wanted to float high out over the city, propelled by your own power to levitate, to rise above the power of gravity. And they give you the power to control others, the ability to dominate anyone you meet instantly. Instantly. And best of all, these unseen creatures give you tremendous wisdom, peace of mind, and profound spiritual treasures, and much, much, much more, so that your life will be a long, happy, rich, and successful one. you ask questions about levitation can your body defy the law of gravity oh before you venture this opinion read this book turn to page 26 and try an amazing experiment amazing experiment that will make your body rise in the air like a balloon filled with helium up 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 you will go you will rise above the poor simple petty of your acquaintance and it's all for only $7.95. Postage paid. (laughs) Now, now, what what I'm fascinated by, really fascinated by, is, is I'm sure that this kind of thing could not have been sent as recent as 10 years ago. Well, this is a very expensive mailing piece. This is not cheapy stuff. You know, it's it's done up in two colors and it's all, like it's got pictures and it's printed and it's all very official. It's not done on a smudgy little mimeograph machine. And, and obviously there must be enough people around today who are willing, who have who've tried everything. <laughs> you know, he's tried powers of positive thinking and he's tried powers of negative thinking. He's tried the celery diet. He's tried blackstrap molasses and Dr. Carlton Fredericks. He's tried it all, you know, and life still ain't fun. (laughs) He's been seven years at The Analyst, and he's bought all the books that they can possibly sell him on how to rise to the top of the economic ladder, and he's still in trouble. Finally, they will go to the dark spirits. Fascinating thing. Now, now, when I got this, I thought, gee whiz, wow, uh, this, is, uh, this uh, is a growing, I think is a growing thing in our world. I, I seriously mean that. I'm not, I'm not being uh, facetious at all. I think that the belief, uh, the, the slow slipping back of the mind to the, well, even what could be called the pre-dark age attitude, is happening all over the world. In many ways, many shapes, many forms. Uh, I've 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 seen this happen. I've seen things like this uh, popping up in places as diverse as Nigeria. Uh, I've seen things like this in the Middle East. I've seen uh, there are various cults, you know, in England now that are springing up that are very big. Oh, witchcraft cults, and they're not kidding. No, you know, over here we sort of think it's kind of funny when one of them comes over and appears on television that but in england and in many parts of the british commonwealth the belief in witchcraft is growing by leaps and bounds uh... now now, again it's easy enough for you to say well those you know these are kooks these are oddballs idiots no i'm not so sure Uh, (laughs) that, that i suspect that that there are many people who because of one thing or another are grasping at straws which mankind has always grasped at and grasped at first in the original sense when he had no knowledge no knowledge whatsoever i think i think many people uh, today are are hoping by by uh, grasping at a thing like this that they can totally wipe out knowledge i think that as we get more and more knowledge about our world in one way or another technically uh, astronomically more and more, we're beginning to be afraid. Subtly, I think learning that the that the uh, that the moon is just literally a chunk of rock up there, as you've seen from a lot of the pictures they've sent back, has not only been a profound disappointment to many people. In fact, I think suspect it's been a profound disappointment to the race of man. But it's also made them a little more worried, a little more worried about the whole scene. That somehow, uh, now, I don't know, no, I, I, don't, we don't have the time or the, or the, uh, or the, uh, the space, possibly even the, the medium is not right for discussing a topic of that kind. But, uh, I, I'm convinced that when that thing takes pictures of Mars and it comes back and Mars is nothing, that's gonna worry us more than if, if pictures came back and it showed a lot of parking lots and guys running around. <laughs> Because you know what I suspect? I suspect that one of the great terrors that lies way in the back of man's mind is the vague possibility that he could be alone in all the universe. Totally alone. An isolated uh, an isolated phenomenon in the whole universe. And he doesn't want to believe that. And yet, on the other hand, he's a little afraid to believe that he isn't alone. Which do you want to believe? Do you want to believe that there are beings that are intelligent that can control their environment the way we control our environment? And this is really uh, the ultimate test of a of a uh, of a civilization or a being, uh, an organized uh, creature. Would you like to believe that? Does it frighten you a little bit, or don't you care? I don't know. Not so sure of that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, how do you, how do you stand on the idea that we may, we may very well be the only one? There's <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> that as we send more and more probes further and further and further out in the space, we find there's nothing but a lot of rocks. Now how do you handle that one? So I suspect that ultimately, as we begin to develop more and more knowledge of our world, that is the physical and the technical knowledge that we certainly are getting. You're going to see a growth of black magic. You are going to see a growth of belief in what could have been called, what could be called, the original, uh... the original uh, sinister non-religions. <laughs> now, that I don't know what you can call them. I suppose you can say the the belief in the spirit world of one, t- not not the spirit world in our in our religious sense, but the the uh for example there maybe is the water spirit uh maybe there is the money spirit that's after you keeping you down maybe there's the sex spirit that's not allowing you to become a swinger uh maybe (laughs) oh yeah yeah these are these are the things which which uh obviously are hinted at in this mailing piece not only hinted at they're stated there they are and uh there no doubt they're selling thousands of copies of this from people who are uh, all over the world trying to make the scene in one way or another. Now, uh, it would seem, it would seem, uh, 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 almost axiomatic. It would seem almost obvious that as man gains more knowledge, and as we as we learn about things, we learn about the atom, and we've learned about uh, we've learned about all kinds of things that uh, are physical in our world. It would seem that uh, that we would proceed in that same direction with our mind toward uh, knowledge of self or knowledge of uh, what we are, knowledge of the whole context of man versus the elements. But I am beginning to believe that it could have gone exactly the opposite because of this. That, uh, that as, as we learn more about our time, it confuses us more, instead of uh, uh, enlightens us more. Just, uh, this is just a fleeting idea and it could very well be totally wrong. But, uh, when I received this in the mail, I thought, well, for crying out loud, it, it, it seems to me that, that, um, I couldn't have gotten a piece like this just a few years ago. Now, I'm sure there were people around who, who, uh, but they were, they were very, those were truly the kooks at that time. In other words, the people who were around that dug that stuff, let's say, uh, 40, 50 years ago, we'll just say for argument's sake, just taking a time, those really were considered the local crackpots. And here I am in a in a big office here on 1440 Broadway, very official office, and I'm getting this thing in the mail, and and, uh, and I thought gee, that's that's that to me uh, is a change. Now it it, it must uh, it must have some significance, uh, but maybe maybe I'm wrong again, maybe I'm going too far off, but it is an intriguing thing to get, and I I know that the people somehow, and I, I've heard this said many many times by people. Uh, This is the phrase that I've heard in many ways. It it, it happens, it's said in one way from one man, it's said in another way from another man. Uh, And it, it is this, that a man has to believe in something. Now, I've heard that said many times. Now, what happens when, say, we've arrived in 1965, when guys no longer believe in any of the things which they were brought up to believe in? For example, let's say a man is a born and bred Republican. And then after the last convention, now he can't believe in the Republicans anymore. You know what? What's he going to do there now? Now, all right, he's lost. Now don't laugh. It's not as facetious because many men build their faith or their lives on such simple little beliefs as I'm a Republican, or I'm a Democrat, or I'm uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a uh, Rotarian, or yeah, they do little things like that. Now these things obviously are gradually losing the meanings they once had. That, uh, that the idea of being a Democrat or being a Republican is obviously losing a great amount of meaning. Just as, uh, uh, maybe around the turn of the century, the various religious denominations began to lose their real power that they had at one time. Uh, you know, the kind of power that would make a man go 40,000 miles on a crusade and, uh, lose his life for it and one thing of you know, that. That's, uh, that's practically. Now, there was a time too when men then would believe in their country. Absolutely totally, dedicatedly, and that was a belief that was almost like a belief in yourself. And so the Britisher would march out into the sands of uh, Araby. He would march into the sands of the desert, and he would say, I am a Britisher. I am bringing the British Empire to the far corners of the earth. Now, he never questioned whether that was a good thing or not, or it was a bad thing. It was just a thing he believed in. <laughs> you know, that was the end of it. He believed in it. Uh, and, and just a few years ago, it's it's funny when you hear political speeches. Have you ever read them of guys around 1890, 1895? The amazing, simple, wonderful, naive patriotism that they had—that it never seemed to occur to uh, to people like, say, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, for example, that other countries could be right too, and we could be wrong in certain instances. Never would occur to them uh <laughs> because he believed so strongly and people of his time believed so strongly in America that it was right whatever America did was right we just uh, automatically right well here we are now in 1965 large numbers of things have happened so nobody quite knows what to believe in anymore and uh, and you find you find uh, even guys don't believe in their own race it's a wild thing. And, and uh, so it, it, ultimately, I suspect that eventually uh, <laughs> you're going to see a growth of witchcraft. Uh, you're going to see a growth of, of various beliefs of various spirits. There's going to be the water spirit and there's going to be the desk spirit. Uh, you were fired because the desk spirit got mad at you. Uh, and the spirits, of course, will be updated. I, I suspect that when, when you have the spirit world today, it'll have to be updated. It'll have to be computerized. You, of course, are aware that there is a patron saint, even now, for television, that there is a patron saint for the movies. Uh, and I'm talking about a patron saint. Uh, some 7th century or 12th century saint is now the saint of television people. Or the saint of radio. It sounds funny, but nevertheless, there it is. Now, now I, I think that that uh, that eventually you're going to see. Have you noticed the growth of little statues of one kind or another in people's cars? This is significant. Now, a few years ago, the statues all had a a very uh, orthodox religious connotation, but now the statues are beginning to take on other other uh, connotations: skulls and crossbones, thousands of them. Uh, you go, you go to the dime store down here, and they have a whole section devoted to nothing but monsters, of one kind skulls and crossbones, and the other world, the spirit world, the, the world of the evil spirits. Now, now, I, I suspect that it might begin in polyethylene and end up in marble. Well, Laugh! <laughs> I'm just curious. I'd love to. I'd love to look at the mind of man. You know, have you ever noticed how many science fiction writers hardly ever talk about the mind of the people in their, in their spaceships? I would, wouldn't it be fascinating if the, here's this guy in this, in the 38th century somewhere, and he's doing an exploration job on Saturn, and uh, they come back to their little spaceship, and they sit there for a while, and he's with his buddy, you know, and they're sitting there, and they're contacting the Earth, and then they say, well, it's time, and they don these black masks, and they have a little religious ceremony where they take out a skull and one of them puts a ring in his ear and the other guy takes out a little tom-tom. Their eyes roll and they sweat. <laughs> and for, for 30 seconds they're transported by this strange uh, pre-medieval religious ecstasy. And it's the only thing they can believe in: the earth spirit, the moon spirit, the spaceship spirit. The world of the tape, the world of the computer. And that that I suspect might be very close to the truth eventually. Because I, I have you noticed very few spacemen today ever talk much about religion? Right here, I'm talking about astronauts. Uh, whenever they say, How did you do it, they say, Well, all those people on the ground, that's how we did it. All those great workers, those guys that worked at the plant there, they built the machines. We've got to give credit to all the little people there that that built the uh, Vanguard 7, or whatever the name of the ship is. Uh, In in 1840, uh, you know what the first guy, what, what the spaceman would have said? Ah, we have done this only because God has willed it. Because God was with us. You don't hear much of that. But eventually, there will be some guys swallowed up. We have not yet suffered a major reverse in space. Let seven or eight spaceships get swallowed up out there in the dark night. And I suspect you may see the black masks. I suspect you may see a few bones being taken out and powdered. At the sound of a bat's wing being burnt over a gray candle. Oh yes. We're in for some interesting days.